Exodus chapter 20 and verse 20 is where I started out the year back in January, restoring your 2020 vision. And I know myself that I really need this because, you know, I, I got in the habit. I got in a habit. You know, uh, Vince Lombardi said this, winning is a habit and so is losing. He was the best coach that ever lived, by the way, if you know anything about football. Uh, matter of fact, the, the trophy that you win is named after him, the Lombardi Trophy. Anyway, he said winning is a habit, and so is losing. And I have developed some habits that are losing habits. What I mean is I had to stay home on Thursday nights before, and I had to stay home on Sundays before. But now, and this is, you know, this is encouraging for you at Livestream too, because it's so easy to sit at home and watch, watch a service. And, you, you know, you can even, you know, you, you feel good about it, even though you're in the kitchen making a sandwich while it was going on and back and forth and doing those things. But really, that's a habit that you've allowed that I, I'm talking to myself because I, I, I skip Thursday nights altogether. Now, at one time I had to do it because I wasn't feeling well, but now I'm 20 minutes away and I don't have any excuse. So I'm declaring in front of everybody, Thursday, John, I'm coming to hear you preach on Thursday, brother. <laughs> no, I have to put it out there because, <laughs> because I need to be held accountable. Maybe you do too, you know. So, so you know, and then we have Saturday morning prayer. I don't even remember the last time I was there, Rob. I don't know if I had a beard or not as well. No, <laughs> no, no, but I mean, but you know, for a while I couldn't go, but now I just have to kick off the sheets and get here at seven o'clock. She wouldn't like to have it at eight. No. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so this is restoring your 2020 vision. In Exodus 2020, Moses said unto all the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you that you may, that his fear may be before your faces that you sin not. So he uses the word fear twice there, and this, it's the same Hebrew word, because in the Hebrew language you have 8,000 words, and in the English language you have 100,000 words. So these words get repeated, but you need to look at the context of it to understand what he's saying. So because he, you can't serve anybody that you're afraid of. You know, you just won't do it. So, so, so that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about don't be afraid of God, but fear the Lord. Afraid of God will cause you to run away from Him, but a, rever, a reverential fear of God will help you. Matter of fact, I have found that I can't do anything with anyone that doesn't have a reverential fear of God. You just can't help that person. You know, they need, you think about Jesus in, in Mark 10 verse 45. He said, I didn't come to be ministered to, but to minister and to serve. So he put his responsibility above his rights, right? He really did that. And so I have a responsibility to serve the Lord and, and I'll only do it if I have reverence for him. I won't do it if I'm going to do my own thing and ask him to bless it, right? 
So you can't help anyone that doesn't have that reverential fear of God. Because a reverence, a reverence causes you to do His will because you want to, not because you have to. It's, it's like you're, you're filled with awe. Don't ever lose that. This Papa God and Daddy God and all that, I, I know that's real. You know, he's, you know, I cry, Abba, Father, I get that. But he's also the creator of the universe. And he deserves my devotion and my respect. Sometimes people just get too flippant with God and think, well, you know, he'll let me do whatever I want to do anyway. Well, the truth is, you can do whatever you want to, and you won't be judged for it by God anymore. But my Bible says, give no place to the devil. So when I do things that are contrary to the word of God, I open up the door to the devil and say, come on in. Tear my host part. And then I'm saying, God, why are you doing this? He's not. He cast all of that upon the Lord 2,000 years ago. So if you're struggling, it's not God causing the struggle. It's you walking out of the will of God. <laughs> no, keep your heart connected with, to covenant-minded people. I remember in, I preached at Eagle Mountain Church for the tribe of Judah many years ago. And uh, when I stood up, because I'm in covenant with Ben Priest, I was able to say, you know, when you understand covenant, it's the end of all strife. Why? Because I'm in covenant with Paul Wilson. What if he does something I don't like? Well, he probably will. But, you know, if I'm going to submit to his authority, now I know that I'm the senior pastor and all that, but let's look at authority as a whole. If anybody can submit when you're in agreement, Real submission isn't tested until I'm not ever going to do that. See, anytime, again, pride is that stick. At the one end, the arrogance, and at the other end, the inferiority. In the middle is the I, P-R-I-D-E. I trouble. I'm not going to. I'm, you're not Lord, by the way. Just let I share that with you. <laughs> you got to love me, though, because I'm your pastor. Okay. All right. So let's go to Numbers 23. That was another verse that we used uh, last January. But I called this, and I don't know if anybody else did or not, but this is the linchpin of life because it talks about God's integrity. God is not a man that he should lie. 23.19, or the son of a man that he should repent. And, and let's, let's just read that. Put your glasses on, Gary, in case you need them. No, but sometimes my eyes are in are developing now too because how many of you know I didn't have any blood flow to my blood flow to my brain and that's what was wrong with me. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and now it's a hundred percent. So, but in verse nineteen, rather, God is not a man that he should lie; neither the son of a man that he should repent. Has he not? said, and shall he not do it? Has he not spoken, and shall he not make it good? But here's the verse you need to get. Behold, I received a commandment to bless you. He has blessed you, and he cannot reverse it. Listen, he can't reverse Ephesians 1, 3. You're blessed with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ. You're already blessed. Just need to learn how to receive it. Again, keep your heart connected with covenant-minded people. And know that, know that God is a, a God of integrity. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In other words, he will never change his mind. And my life revolves around this verse, verse 19, that he'll never lie. Come on. You know, real when you read the Hebrew scriptures and you get to the word trust, it's really defined in Romans, Romans chapter 4 and verse, um, verse 21, where Abraham said he became, here's the definition of faith. You can get all kinds of definitions out in the world there, but here's God's definition of faith. Abraham was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. That's faith. He was fully convinced. How did he get there? By studying the word of God, by fellowshipping with God. It says that he became, and it's genomai in the, in the Greek, he became fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also powerful to perform. We know that for 30 years, he staggered all over the Middle East, and we saw, we saw him sell his wife twice. I'd like to see one of you guys try it once. <laughs> So really, so, so when I read this, I think, well, the fear of the Lord is really compliance to the things of heaven, not my will, but thine be done. Can we say it that way? Now, can we go to Matthew chapter 11? Praise and worship really sucked today, didn't it? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That was heaven, heaven on earth. It was a little bit too short. That was my only complaint. No, it get over too soon. No, I mean that. Like somehow we gotten into this little deal where, you know, got to get the pastor up there before he dies. <laughs> oh, my, hallelujah. <laughs> get him up there quick. He don't look good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm stagger coming in. The staggering is from the pills. Okay. I'm on drugs. And I'm getting off them soon. Hallelujah. Okay. Verse 28. And this is imperative in the Greek. 1128. This is imperative. Come unto me. Come and learn. That's the secret. Come and learn. Come and learn of me when you're worn out. Your hard work, your hard work, you're struggling trying to be a Christian when you don't need to be, all of that. Come and learn, not come and cry. Notice that? Come and cry. Oh, God. <laughs> no, it doesn't say that. It says, come and learn of me. I want to teach you about humility. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So so when I'm heavy laden, I'm I'm laden down with legal demands. I'm laden down with regrets from the past. I'm so many things that can wear you down. But when you realize that the, Jesus completed the work at the cross, you can rest in him. That's Hebrews 4.11, labor to enter into my 
rest. So he said, matter of fact, I like, I like the Hebrew word. It's panapoo. It's, I think it is. It's like, it's like the pause. It's like pause. It's where we get the word pause. And it's the pause that refreshes you. When you're heavy laden, when you feel with spiritual anxiety over something, but it still has lasting results. But when you come and learn about his meekness, to stand, and this meekness really means to stand in the middle between two, two, uh, to stand in the middle between two extremes. Like, it's so like when we read in John chapter one, he said, Jesus came, Moses came uh, to bring the law, but Jesus came to bring us the freedom. He said he was full of, full of grace and truth. So the, the, the extremes are the truth and the grace, right? That's, that's two extremes. Because if you have the truth without grace, you know, you just get beat up by the word of all God all the time. And if you have grace, like I said last week, without truth, it's like trying to play a game without rules. It's like it's like watching a football game. There's no lines and no purpose in the game. Just out there running around going, ha, ha, ha. No, you need, you no, know, you need the rules. But if you don't have the grace, then you then you try to keep the rules. And if you try to keep the rules, now all of a sudden you're in religion. It's like when God does something to bless you, you try and pay him back, you just ruined everything. Mm -hmm. He doesn't need to be paid back. But, but, you know, what it takes to learn is the word of God, but it's a lot cheaper than what you're carrying. If you're struggling with things, you need to let all that go. And it's like nothing happens on its own because... Everything is at a state of rest until until action is applied to it. It's like I got to go back to the gym on the twentieth of of December because that's when my membership is renewed. And so tomorrow I'm going to a physiotherapist because I know I'm not ready for the gym. But no, no. Why are you telling me that you're breaking? No, I'm saying there are steps that you is you just keep moving forward, just keep going ahead. So, you know, really what he's saying here is, are you tired, burned out by religion? Come to me and get away with me. You'll recover your life. I'll show you how it is to have real rest and walk with, with and work with me and watch how I do it. That's really what he's saying. Is, uh, watch how humble I am. Again, Mark ten forty five. I didn't come to be ministered to. Well, who deserves it more than him? But he said, I came to minister and to serve. I came to lay my life down for you so that you could live your life for me. Wow. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. So in the middle between two extremes, grace and truth. Now let's go to Acts chapter 13 and see what, see what the Apostle Paul was preaching. Hallelujah. Where's the book of Acts? Chapter 13 and verse 38 and 39. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him 
all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me say it from the Young's literal translation. Let us th- let this therefore be known to you, men and brethren, that through this one to you is the forgiveness of sins declared. And from all things from which you were not able in the law of Moses to be declared righteous, in this one and everyone who is believing is declared This was the message of Paul the Apostle. You're righteous. He, God, made him to be sin who knew no sin, that you'd be made the righteousness of God in him. He's saying, look, read read those. This, This is the message of the new covenant. You've been forgiven. Past, present, and future, you, it's done. It's done. How many ways can you be told it's over? Your struggle is over. Hallelujah. Let me read another um, version of that. Brothers, brothers, listen. We are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for all your sins. Everyone who believes in him is declared right with God, something the law of Moses could never do. How, how do I get in on this? By believing. By faith. The just shall live by faith. Not by works. Not by trying to make it happen. Let's go to Romans chapter 6, please. You know, these verses, you need to, they'll set you free. Romans chapter 6 and 16 says, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Now, I always read that and thought that he was saying, if I yielded myself to sin, that uh, that I'd be in trouble, and if I didn't, I'd be okay. But he's not saying that. He's saying you didn't yield to sin. You yielded to Jesus. You yielded to his obedience became your obedience. It's like, um, you know, I'm a Christian now, but I might do something wrong today. And if I do something wrong today, it doesn't make, make me less a Christian any more than a sinner can go and give money to the poor, and he still won't make them righteous. Like, you know, like lots of times you see Hollywood people doing this big thing for show, giving money to the poor, and everybody's saying, oh, no. yeah, they're nice, but they're going to hell. Because it's not your righteousness, it's his, right? And this is what the verse says. He you yield, you yielded onto, onto Jesus. But God be thanked, verse 17, but God be thanked that you were servants of sin, but now you have obeyed from, not, not in your actions, look, obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine that was delivered unto you. Now, it, that doesn't mean that you're going to live any old way you want to. No, you're going you're gonna to live right because you've been accepted in the beloved. You're going to live right because, because you want to. It's from the heart. My, my flesh will make mistakes and do things wrong, but my heart is after God. It's kind of like if a sheep and a pig fall in the mud, the sheep doesn't like it. The pig loves it. That's how you can tell you're born again. If you're liking it, you need to get saved. 
If you're not like it, it proves that you're a sheep, right? See, I'm a sheep. <laughs> Come on. Romans 6.16, I'm going to read it from another translation. I think this is Young's literal translation again. Have you not known to whom you present yourself servants for obedience, servants you are to him whom you obey, whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness? And thanks be to God that you were once servants of sin, but now you're obedient to the heart, to the form of the teachings which were delivered up to you. Come on. You need to read verse 18. Being then made free from sin, you become servants of righteousness. Come on. What does that mean? It means you practice sin until you perfected it. Pastor Paul did anyways. (laughs) And now he's practicing righteousness. Does he get it right all the time? Even if he doesn't get it right, he's still right. Even when he's wrong, he's still right. He's right with God. God, He's got right standing with God. Having been freed from sin, you become servants to the righteousness. Don't you know that if you offer yourselves to someone as an obedient slave, you are slaves to the one you obey? Either sin, the devil in other words, either sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. But thank God that although you used to be slaves to sin, you obeyed from the heart the pattern of teaching which we brought to you. And having been set free from sin, you become enslaved to righteousness. What does that mean? It means like when I'm doing wrong, it, it, it grieves me. I'm the sheep that fell in the mud, not the pig, right? But I don't but I don't take on condemnation because there's Romans eight one says there's therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. So there's no condemnation, there's no guilt, there's no shame. That's what happened to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter three. That's why they ran and hid themselves. If you're hiding from God, you don't have a right relationship with him. Matter of fact, if if you stay away from church because you don't feel like you're right with God, that's that's the problem. You know, you don't go hide in the corner. You come into the light. Yeah. Come on. He said, come on to me. When? When everything is going well? No, come on to me when you're weary and heavy laden. That's what he meant in Hebrews 4.16 when he said, come boldly onto the throne room of God to obtain mercy and to find grace. When? When you need it. Yes. It's easy to walk in there and go, hey, Lord, hallelujah. You know, you just walk in and whistle and sit down. Because you think you're dealing with a banker. No, bankers like to make you think they're doing you a favor by loaning you money at crazy interest rates. Right? They make you feel like you're sitting there in a little chair with a hat in your hand. And I'm saying, what are you talking about? I'm, you, you want my money and you want me to kiss you to get it? Forget it, Jack. <laughs> anyway. Let's go to Romans 5, please. (laughs) Verses 17. It's a good place to start. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more, everybody say much much more. Much more is four or five times or six times in this chapter. 
And he said, what he's saying is what Adam did, what Jesus did is much more. They that receive, receive, not earn. Look at that. They that receive the gift of righteousness, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. You know, there's Christmas gifts being passed out right now. All you need to do is reach out and receive it. You know, it's like when somebody wants to give you some money, you say, oh, no, no, oh, no, that's take it. <laughs> no, no, don't be proud. Don't be putting on that false hum- humility when you desperately need it anyway. Oh, no, 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 I couldn't do that. Yes, you can. Yeah. That's, that's humility, receiving from somebody else, receiving from God. Come on. <laughs> don't offer me any money. <laughs> I don't need it, but I'm going to take it. Amen. Yeah, but not, 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 not in a greedy way either. You're sowing seed, and, I'm, and I want you to reap a harvest. So that's what Paul the Apostle said. He's saying, look, he said, I re- receive your carnal things because I want you to experience a harvest. So verse 17 again. If by one man's offense... Death reigned by one, much more they that receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all the men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Righteousness, it was meant for everyone. But, But until you accept it by faith, it won't work for everyone. There's a world out there going to hell that doesn't even know this promise is here. I'm going to read it from another translation. For if by one man's offense, the death did reign through that one, much more those who the abundance of the grace and the free gift of righteousness are receiving, are receiving in life shall reign through that one, Jesus Christ. So then as though one offense, by one offense, all men went into condemnation, so also through one declaration of righteousness is to all men to justification of life. For as though the disobedience of the one man, as through the disobedience of one man, many are constituted sinners, so through the obedience of one shall many be constituted righteous. Another translation. For by the sin of one man, Adam, it caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it shall live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation to everyone. It's kind of like, you know, you, you didn't choose to be a sinner. I didn't choose to be born in Halifax. If I had a choice, it would have been Honolulu. But my parents had me born in Halifax. It wasn't my choice, right? And it wasn't your choice to be a sinner. You were born in sin. So, and it was because of Adam. So blame him. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. That's what the law is, right? 
to bring you to Christ. The law was your, Galatians 3.24 says, the law was your schoolmaster to bring you to Christ. In other words, the, the law was to teach you, I can't do this. I can't live this life. As soon as you admit that, as soon as you admit that, you're going to do a whole lot better. Because you stop, you stop trying. The st- that's the message of the gospel. Acts chapter 13, Paul was preaching, your struggle is over. You don't have to try to be anything anymore. All you need to do is receive and believe. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were, but as people, but it caused people to sin more and more. Well, we saw that over in the Philippines when uh, we had David Baker was teaching a class, and he kept talking about ice cream. Because there's not a lot of places over in the Philippines. That you've, if you're watching from the Philippines, I apologize, but there wasn't a lot of places where we could eat. But the ice cream store that have, had mango shakes and mango ice cream, we could eat there. Anyway, he talked about ice cream, kept bringing it up through the whole message, and then as soon as the message was over, we, we booked it up to the ice cream store. When we came back, he said, I know where you all went for lunch. He did it on purpose. And he said, that's what happens when you preach sin. It, it just spawns more. But when you preach, you're the righteousness of God in Christ, you start thinking, hey, I'm somebody. Yeah. Remember what the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus said, somebody touch me. She went from being a nobody to somebody. Somebody touched me. You're a somebody to God. You're not a nobody. You might be nobody to your family, but to God, you're the princess or the prince of the most high God. You're the apple of his eye. He loves you with an undying love. You know what? In the church world, people come and go, but you know there's one that never leaves. He said, I will never leave you, never fail you, never forsake you. Basically, what he was saying is, I'm not going anywhere. You can trust me. I'm not going anywhere. I'm with you. Amen? Matter of fact, in John 6 and verse 63, Jesus preached, my words are spirit and they are life. In John 6, 6, 6, it's interesting. It's 6, 6, 6. John 6, 6, 6, it says they departed from him. And then he turned to the disciples and said, do you want to leave too? Now that's, that. no, you need to be secure in who you are and whose you are, that, that these things don't cause your emotions to freak out, right? Preaching to myself too right now? Okay, all right, good. Just as sin ro- ruled over all the people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life given us right standing with God and given us eternal life. Eternal life is not going to happen when you die. Eternal life is right now. Your body might fall over sometime. Your spirit will go to your mouth and it will gravitate toward the familiar. Right? So if you really enjoy being in church, it's a good thing. You want to go to heaven. <laughs> if you're down at the bar, the bar, well, I don't know how that works. It's none of my business. I know that you're, if you're saved by grace and through faith, it's not of yourselves, it's a gift from God. You know that, you, again, the sheep and the pig. This sheep could go downtown and sit in a bar. 
but I wouldn't feel right. But the pig would go and wouldn't bother him at all, see? So can a pig become a sheep? I think so. According to the word of God. Yeah. Okay, let's go to Romans 5 1. Therefore, being justified, and whenever you read justified, it means made righteous, just as if you'd never sinned, justified. Therefore, being made righteous by faith, we have peace. See, if you're not justified by faith, if you're not made righteous by faith, if you don't receive the righteousness by faith, you'll have no peace. That's what he meant in Romans 14, 17, when he said, my kingdom is not a ritual. It's not going to church, not going to church. It's not, it's not what you eat and what you don't eat. It's knowing that you're right, right in the Holy Ghost, produces peace in the Holy Ghost and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy all in the Holy Ghost. You're right with Him. And when you know that you're right with Him, you'll experience peace. If you're not experiencing peace right now, know that you're right with Him and you're righteous with Him and just settle down. Come unto Him, you weary and heavy laden, bearing, dragging around that religion and that attitude. And He said, I'll give you rest. He said, I'm humble. I'm meek and lowly. I'll take my yoke upon you and learn of me. His yoke is mentioned in Proverbs chapter 3, grace and truth. He said, grace and truth will bring you into favor with God and favor with man. He said, take that yoke upon you, grace and truth. Hallelujah. It's right there in Proverbs 3. That's why I say anything that Paul preached, the Gospels were not written until 50 years after Christ or 40 years. The Gospel of Mark was the first one. So when Paul's writing to the Corinthian church and saying, obey my gospel, they didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matter of fact, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are, are Old Testament scriptures. There's some truth in there, of course. But when he says, take your, if your eye offends you, take it out and pluck it out and throw it away. Do you think that that's New Covenant teaching? Huh? No, you read that and you're going, what is this? No, no, I glean from the teachings of Jesus, but they should all point me to the teachings of Paul the Apostle. Because the teachings of Paul the Apostle are the new covenant. He's, Jesus said this about himself. He said, I've got many things that I want to say to you, but you can't bear them now. In other words, I have to die. You have to get born again before you can even receive the teachings that I have for you. They could, the religious leaders of that day could not believe that you could be saved without keeping 113, 613 laws. But again, if you start looking at the laws, I'm not allowed to do this, I'm allowed to do that, all of a sudden the law governs you and you're not living by faith anyway. Therefore, being justified and made righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, but whom also we have access by faith, there it is again, by faith, justified by faith, access by faith, Access by faith into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope and the glory of God. Ooh. Well, I'm, I want to read the rest of it because I don't like these verses. <laughs> Not only shall we glory in tribulation. <laughs> no, but that's rejoicing under pressure. Yes. Amen. It's what Marion did when she was going through the cancer treatment and all of that. Like, I don't know how she did that, but it was, but she did it. And that's why she's sitting on the front row here today. So you can learn from that. Rejoice under pressure. 
Not only so, but we glory in tribulation, knowing that the tribulation will produce patience. So trouble, trouble doesn't, but it, he's not saying that trouble makes you strong. He's saying faith does. Don't get the idea that going through trouble makes you strong. If trouble made you strong, we'd all be spiritual giants because there's nobody in here that had to deal with a mess somewhere. So the grace of God will spring to life the moment I embrace my new identity. You can say it that way. That's that, that's when that's when his grace, this is really what he was said in verse one. He said, My grace will spring into life when you embrace this new identity, that you have peace with God through your Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So trouble doesn't make you strong, faith does. That's what he said. By faith into this grace. Verse 3, not, not only so, but we glory in the tribulation, knowing that the tribulation works patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and the hope does not make ashamed. Be why? Because the love of God. Because the love of God shed upon your heart by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That verse is very special to me because... It's the only time the Holy Ghost is mentioned until we get to Romans chapter 8. And then the Holy Ghost is mentioned 19 times when he says there's therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus that don't walk after the flesh but walk after the Spirit. Does it mean you'll never fall in the mud? No, it doesn't mean that. Does it mean you'll never have trouble? Yes, trouble will come, but trouble will never overcome you. I declare that trouble will never overcome you. No, no, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. You're rod and your staff, your word and your spirit, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. Look at that. Not in heaven. I prepare a table for you where? In the presence of your enemies. Hallelujah. So pass the healing. Pass the finances. I'm here in the presence of my enemies. It's not in heaven. I don't need any of that. I don't need money in heaven. I don't need healing in heaven. I need to be sitting at the table when I'm in the presence of my enemies. Amen. So that's what he was talking about in Colossians chapter 3, in verse 1, when he said, set, he said, if you be risen with Christ, set your intelligence on the things that are above, not the things of the earth. Focus on the heavenly things. Why? Because he said, you're dead. And your life is hid in Christ with God. Then he said, when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, you'll appear with him in the glory. <clears throat> so mortify your members that are upon the earth. He, how do I do? It's like I had a guy come to me one day and he said, I can't get free from this. Like I'm dealing with pornography and all that. I said, what you do is you pray Colossians chapter 3 until it becomes your reality. He put away fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. For the which things sake the children comes upon the children of disobedience. And you used to walk there, but now you can also put off all these. How do I put it off? How do you? Words are seeds in the kingdom of God. And so if you're struggling with anything, you need to pray Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, Colossians 1, or Colossians 3, all the time. Say, I put away, uh, then, he, then he said, he's talking to the church and he says, put away anger, 
wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your lips. You hit your hand with a hammer and you said, oh, praise you, Jesus. Or maybe something else came out. (laughs) Then he says, stop lying to one another. Am I going to try to come over? No, you're not. You're either coming or you're not. (laughs) If you're trying to come, you don't want to offend me, but you don't want to come either. So, (laughs) Lie not to one another since you put off the old man with his deeds and you put on the new man like he'd put on a jacket. How do I put it on? By the words I'm speaking. I put on the new man renewed in the knowledge of the image of him that created me. And, and there's no racism in me because there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. So I put on as the elect of God, and I love this next part, holy and beloved. Even though, even though he told you to get rid of all that stuff, in the middle of it he says, holy and beloved. He says, bowels of mercy. That's something on the inside moving out. It's not a flesh thing. It's compassion. Compassion is that. Forbearing with one another. Forgiving one another. And again, I'd like to point out to you that forbearing one another and forgiving one another is easy until you say the next part even as Christ forgave you. I met a guy the other day that I hadn't heard from in a while, but I used to live in his, I used to live in their basement apartment. And in their basement apartment, I was three and a half months behind on my rent, stoned on drugs and, and stuff. Anyway, the, the, guy, the guy contacted me over a number of years, and he said, I want you to forgive me for being blah, blah, when I was a teenager. I said, I, I said you were like a son to me, and I want you to for, forgive me for being the idiot that lived downstairs. And I was. I was a total idiot. But now, through that, through that, I'm getting a, I'm getting a motorcycle from him. It's one that I've been, don't tell Justin and don't tell James, because... <laughs> No, no, I've already got $4,000 worth of parts planned for it. (laughs) No, I even found out there's a pump that you can, there's a a front pulley that you can put on off a trike that will make sixth gear even better. Those of you now I'm talking to Anyway, what was I saying? What was my point in all that? I have no idea. Hmm? I'm talking about forgiveness. Yeah, forgiving, forbearing, and forgiving one another. Thank you. <laughs> Even as Christ forgave you, that's the part that got me. Because when he called me the other day, I thought, wow. You know, I, I really struggled with, like, I can't even tell you what kind of a person I was. Well, to let you know, I was three, three and a half months behind in my rent, and then I had a little tiny two-bedroom apartment a motorcycle in one room and me in the other, and the furniture that I had in that house, other than the stereo. <laughs> had to share the tunes with the neighborhood on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> but if any of that furniture had fallen off of a truck, I wouldn't even went back to pick it up. It was just like I, li- I lived with trash to get drugs and alcohol. So that's who I was. But now it's interesting that all these years later, this guy 
when I was living in White Hills, he lived five minutes away from me, and we didn't even cross paths in 12 years. Now, all of a sudden, I'm getting ready to get a motorcycle for the spring, and he appears on the scene. He's got a bunch of motorcycles, but the one that I want, he's got. And it's not a new one. It's an 09, but you need an 09 if you're going to spend all that money on it. <laughs> True. Anyway, I said, I said, all you need to do, Jamie, is help me to make sure it's faster than James can. And, I'll sh <laughs> and we'll be brothers forever. <laughs> as long as I can beat James, it'll be all right. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, Gary, come on. Oh, yeah, we're dying. Forbearing and forgiving one another. Even as Christ forgave, we also forgive. And above, above all, we put on love. And you can put it on, you know. It's, it's kind of like put on the garment of praise. Sometimes you just have to fake it till you make it. Putting on the garment of praise means getting up and stomping around when you don't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm sure, that, I'm sure that the praise team doesn't come in here every Sunday and say, oh, glory to God, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Chances are, if it's anything like anything else in the ministry, there was a fight on the way here or something. <laughs> The devil tried to do something on your way to church because he he hates God and he can't get to God. But if he can irritate you, he'll do it, right? Yeah. So therefore, we, we, we put away anger and wrath and we did all that, right? So where are we now in that chapter? Forbearing, forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave, we forgive. Above, above all, love, the bond of maturity. And then we then then we're called to one body and we're thankful. And then he said, let the word of God dwell in you richly, speaking to yourselves. Now, this nobody's telling you, don't, don't get that verse, don't get those verses to be a habit that you recite. Think about what they're saying. Speaking to yourselves, how? In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making a melody in your heart unto the Lord. Then he says, whatever you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So if, you, if what you're doing, it's kind of like when you read about Romans 14, 17, righteousness, peace, and joy. If what I'm doing, if my actions don't produce peace and joy, then I'm not doing what the Word of God says. If I'm stirring up strife and causing trouble, obviously, obviously I've never done that myself, but I'm thinking about some of you. <laughs> Rightly dividing the word of truth. Come on. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. What am I supposed to be talking about? Speaking to myself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody in my heart. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.